0: Welcome to the CannaCut podcast. We hope you'll be encouraged to have an I'm third approach as you navigate marriage, family, leadership and spiritual growth. If you're new to our conversation, welcome. It's so great to have you. Let's jump in.
1: Welcome to the CannaCut podcast. My name is Shay Robbins, and we are so excited that you're joining us today. Today, we're talking about family and specifically building culture in your home. One of the reasons that uh, we are so passionate about this is that we live in a world that is constantly studying, strategizing, and implementing culture. And oftentimes, uh, the almighty dollar is driving that success, notoriety. And uh, many times we make the mistake and, and I, I can be fall victim to this like anybody else, but but to give so much focus professionally in building healthy culture and then to come home and to be tired. When in reality, uh, for those of us who place proper perspective on home, it, it it ought to be the place where we do our best work. And uh, I know that if you stripped Ashley and I of a way of uh, any money that we have, any resources, our home, if you took it all away, we'd still be rich because we still got six little robins, kiddos, and they're the greatest blessing that we have in our life. And so that's our thought process in our conversation today. We've invited some special friends in to join us in that conversation, Adam and Stephanie Donier. They're a part of our ministry team at, here in Kanakuk land and uh, God has gifted them. With a beautiful family. Adam, why don't you tell us about that beautiful family you've been gifted with?
2: Well, I outkicked my coverage with who's joining me today and Steph. She's my much better half. We've been married for 12 years. Those are our two boys, Aiden and Anders, eight years old and five years old. And she does a phenomenal job being their mama.
1: Stephanie, what's your favorite thing about your boys?
0: <laughs> oh, me. I love it that they're still pretty tender. They're boys. They're all boy. Full of energy and just boy, but they love their mama. They give good hugs and like to snuggle. It's a
1: great combination. <laughs> I think true masculinity is a combination of strength and tenderness. Yep, um, and your boys definitely have it. Um, so, I got to start with. I need to tell my version of the story of your love affair, okay? Oh, no. This is true, yeah. So we, the three of us, worked together yep. years ago. We did. How many years ago was that?
2: Oh, my goodness. It was
1: 16 years, 17 years? 16 or 17 years ago?
0: Well, if we've been married 12, it would only be like 14. 14, 14, 14 years. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Okay, there yeah. we go. Yeah. He's a minister, not a math major. <laughs> okay. Um, but, yeah, so we all worked uh, for K-Life in, in Taney County, and Stone County, and served... Uh, Branson and Hollister school districts and, and did teen ministry together and discipled kids. Here we are still doing the same thing, right? (laughs) But, um, and so we were all staff members together and there was just always this kind of like, I would call it an awkward electricity between Adam and Stephanie. It was just like, what is, what is this tension? What is going on? And, uh, sure enough, it was them falling in love. So I, I, I had the privilege, the front row, front row. seat, to front watch you guys fall in love. <laughs> <laughs> Super fun. Well, the reason we had you guys in today um, is because you guys have, have done a great job um, kind of unrolling a strategy to build culture in your home. And um, it came kind of across my bow in that Adam is, has uh, ministered to some of the families over at the family camp, and he taught them. Uh, about the Donier what do you call them I want to the seven pillars the seven pillars of the Donier family and some families that I know took your strategy employed it in their family and they're reaping benefits from it and mm-hmm. I thought to myself wow we we've got to to get this out over the airwaves and and share it um, the Robbins family has a similar approach we have the Robbins family values and so uh, You're going to hear today from two very imperfect families, Mm -hmm. but uh, as imperfect as we are, we're we're passionate about what God's given us and our opportunity to create culture in our home. And so, Adam, I'm going to hand it off to you. Tell us about the the, the concept. Like, where did it come from? Who gave you inspiration for this uh, strategy in your home?
2: Yeah. So we're talking about family culture. And I don't know if you've ever walked into offices like IBM or Nike or this last fall I was in Egypt and walked into a sports organization called Wellspring and, and there's slogans and there's values and there's mission statements and all these mega corporations that are trying to build culture. And, and they just feel like the more you see it, the more it becomes a part of that culture. Even Kennecuck has those same similar values and, and you think about, we do this so much in the business. Why aren't we doing this in the home? And so 11 years ago, I came across a verse in Proverbs chapter 9, verse 1. And it says, wisdom has built her house. I think about wanting a wise home for my family to be in. And then it says, she has raised her seven pillars, you know, the number seven for us has been significant. One, because that verse specifically says seven pillars. But seven is the Lord's number of completion. He He made the earth in six days and rested on the seventh. And, and we know the Lord has always been uh, synonymous with the number seven. It's his number. And so that's where we get the seven pillars. And then Stephanie and I together came up with the ideas and what those seven pillars would be for our family, which includes the mission statement of our family on on top of our seven pillars. And so uh, I know Stephanie wanted to share a little bit of just where we pull from Deuteronomy 6 and why these pillars are so important.
0: Yeah, um, we honestly, like, just having that vision, because we talk, we, we know what we want to happen in our home, But something about having the words and the verses, and almost like even being able to tell the boys where like language to not just you know we love Jesus and we are basing everything we do off of Scripture, but just to boil it down like to those and be able just to keep like Adam saying put it in front of them, talk about it, um, just made it almost simplify even with them what we're trying to do and keep in front of us on that day to day basis. Um, what we're trying to do, but um, Deuteronomy 6, um, 4 says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes." You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Um, And it keeps going. The whole chapter is we've kind of built it off this whole thing. But just again, like having that as something that we're just constantly talking about, constantly going to and and making it just a part, natural part of what we're doing. it made sense once um, Adam talked through these. Pillars, and we got to come up with what it looked like. What would that be for our family when we're pointing to Scripture and Jesus and our daily life?
2: Yeah, and so and how adamant this is, too, in chapter six, and talking about teaching them diligently to your children. The crazy thing in the context of this passage is that God is literally about to deliver them into the promised land. So he'd taken them out of slavery, and so now they're out of slavery, and he says, now. I'm going to bring you into a land that you didn't earn, Mm -hmm. that you didn't toil, and and you're going to inherit all these amazing gifts. Mm -hmm. He says, but when you get this and you get comfort finally, and you're not living in the wilderness don't forget these things. Hmm. And I think so many times when we allow our kids to become entitled, or as families we become entitled, we forget Mm -hmm. these things. And the craziest thing, Shay, I gotta share this, it's at the very beginning of this chapter in verse uh, 1 through 2, it says, now this is the commandment, same same chapter, Deuteronomy 6, verse 1, now this is the commandment, the statutes and the rules that the Lord your God commanded me to teach you that you may do them in the land to which you are going over to possess it, that you may fear the Lord your God, now watch this, this is so powerful for me and you as dads. You and your son and your son's son by keeping all his statutes and his commandments. The very first responsibility God gives the dad Mm -hmm. is to disciple his boys. It's not to go make a 401k. It's not to go make a big business. It's his culture in his home better be far greater than his culture in his business. Mm. His, His culture at home better be the forefront. And then God says, I'm going to take care of all that things. So that hit me like a, a arrow right between the eyes when I read that a few years back and just thought, man, m- my family culture better be greater than Linkier's culture mm. or my basketball culture. Uh, and because even Paul alludes to to Titus and Timothy, hey, that home better be taken care of. Or anything you do on the ministry front, it's it's nothing.
1: Mm. That is brilliant. It's a great way to start with a challenge. And, and I think as families you know, we know we all, we don't have it all together. You know, you invite somebody in your home, if they're around for an hour, they're going to see some holes in the Robbins game. Um, but to take a challenge like that and say, okay, what am I going to do about it? And, and you guys did something about it. Stephanie, talk through um, the seven pillars that you guys established and tell us how you got there. How, why did you choose the ones that you chose?
0: Honestly, I think, Probably just throughout our whole marriage, there's been some things that have been really important to to me and Adam, just the Lord laying on our hearts and through scripture and just verses that we constantly prayed through for us together. And then as we were building a family, and so um, it was honestly a little easier than I would have thought to even be like once, you know, you feel like it's so weighty, but it was like, okay, there's some things you can pop off right away that are like, we really are passionate about this. Um, and so Christ centered, do you want me just to walk literally through them Yeah, please. or do. just a couple and then pass them off so you don't have to keep listening to me. Um, but yeah, Christ centered, um, just knowing that everything in our home that we do, we're, we're looking to Jesus and we have that lens. And also again, knowing like, how can we communicate this to our boys? Um, that was number one. And,
2: well, and, real, and real quick, I want to share yeah. this. So when it talks about when you lie down, and by the way, Steph would tell you, we discuss, a so there's seven pillars, there's seven days in a week, mm-hmm. and every night we're home, we sit down, no technology, no TV, we sit down at the dinner table, and we discuss this, and so talk, last night was Christ-centered, <laughs> right. and, and talk about what the illustration
0: was. Well, we put... Um, a cup of water just in the middle of the table and so we talked about you know can you still see everybody with this cup here and but you see the water like you know if you take your eyes around the table you could still see it out of your peripheral Um, and then hid the water under the table and it was like now can you see it you know we want it in the middle and so just even practically talking through dinner with Anders still you know throwing out his stuff that didn't have anything to do with the water. So it's not like Shay's saying. It's not perfect, but it's just something that we're even at the dinner table, like it's that's what we're gonna do. We're gonna
1: planting seeds write. strategically. Right. Day it's in and day out.
0: Necessarily us, you know, sitting with our Bible open and saying, you know, here it is. But we do get it's on the wall. So Aiden is old enough to go read it. So he'll usually go over to the wall and actually read it to everybody sometimes whisper in Andrew's ear and Andrew will, Andrew's will tell us depends on how engaged he is at the moment um so yeah so we we did that one last night but um
1: what are the other six why don't you read we off have those
0: joyful cry-centered holistic rhythm and four imagine serve and table
1: talk to us about rhythm and four what's that mean
0: um well we want everything to be done in these rhythms in our home and not just, um, like it's, again, it's easy just to kind of plow through and not really have any flow. And so it's more of just knowing that like we have a, a, those breaks, we have those times together, even at the table on Sundays, our, our rhythm is in, in the Sabbath and, um, baby you might want to add.
2: Yeah, well, you're spot on. And, and it's the same like moms that are listening or dads that are listening. You got soccer practice. You got choir practice. You got ACT prep. You got—and and our schedules can dictate our family mm. rather than our families being able to have rhythm together. Right. And so the chaos of culture dictates our rhythm rather than God's cadence of his word mm. dictating our rhythm. And so we've just been passionate about it. And, and part of that rhythm, too, is uh, we do a family trip every year. Uh, mm-hmm. we, we take time, we'll go on hikes or four wheeler rides out by our house and, and just reconnecting as a family, uh, and that's kind of what rhythm and four, cause there's four of us, what, what that means for us. And just making sure we, we don't allow culture to dictate our rhythm. Gotcha. Right?
1: That's mm-hmm. huge. You know, I think one of the benefits of walking through a global pandemic and the quarantine that we've all experienced is families realize, uh, how, how how good, how sweet, how healthy time together can be, and I hope that we can all take this, you know, a really difficult situation and allow God to use it for good in our life mm-hmm. and to push the reset button. Mm-hmm. It's a great time to reset as a family, and and frankly, it's a great time for a family to build to establish seven pillars in their their home and start with a new culture mm-hmm. and and. Frankly, saying no to some things. Mm-hmm. Um, Adam, talk more. So you mentioned you know, each night at the dinner table, you guys will walk through one of your seven. What are some other ways where that that culture, you're building it throughout the day?
2: Yeah, so so there will be things throughout the day where I'll ask Aiden to pick something up or I'll ask Anders to do a chore, mm-hmm. and he'll ask me sometimes, do I get a toy or do I get an allowance or do... And I said, no, because this is one of our seven pillars of our family that we just automatically get to live out of being a part of this family. What is that? And they'll say, oh, this one's serve. You're, you're absolutely right. Do you guys know why we're going to Glacier Park next week? That's rhythm and four. That's us getting off the grid and getting time together as a family. Mm-hmm. And so there, it's in our everyday language, or even when we talk about holistic, loving the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Aiden, do you know why I don't want you to watch that? On TV, do you know why I don't want you to listen to that? You know why I don't want you to repeat that. That's a part of the mind part that we love God with, which is one of our pillars. Which is, and he'll say holistic. And so that's how I think Stephanie and I continually try to integrate this in our everyday communication with our boys.
1: You know, I love how you've set this up to be a foundation, and kids instinctively they want to know why, 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 and your decision making. It all goes back your foundational principles. And so it's, it's just kind of an awesome picture. Right now, you guys can't see this, obviously, listening to a podcast, but uh, up on our board here, the Donier family, they brought a printout of the Donier family. It's got all their names on it, has their mission statement, and then their seven family pillars. And that sits in, where does it sit in your home?
2: It's right off of our fireplace. It's right. It's, it's, it's front and center mm-hmm. where our communal part of our house is.
1: Right. So their eyes land on that. How many times a day would you think? <laughs> Multiple times. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: No.
1: I love that. I think it's so wise. If you'd like to see the Donye Seven Family Pillars or Robbins Family Values, you can find a downloadable template in the podcast description. Take what the Robbins and Donye's have done and start building culture in your own home. One of the things you brought up, Adam, is, is common language. And um, I think that's a huge part of establishing culture. So one of the things you'll do or you'll see successful sports teams do is they'll have a theme for the, the, the uh, season. And so they'll go back to that theme over and over and over again. And they're pounding it into their team's head and their fabric and their DNA. And for a family... Who's building a foundation that's built on Christ? You're coming back to those things on a daily basis. You're helping them remember, and every single time that you do, it's refortifying your stance within your home. Um, talk to me about,
2: you know, a family that perhaps is starting from scratch. Where do you begin? Let me let me let me get to that. I want to share this because I think it's so powerful that you said that. And Steph and I have already been sharing with you from Deuteronomy six. That, that this is so good uh, be, Because it, it goes back You just said to remember To oh. remember To remember And in the At the end of this
0: um, I think it's in verse 12
2: Yeah in, At the end of, Or in the middle of Deuteronomy 6 That we were just talking about He's about to bring him out He literally says this. So he's going to say, I'm going to give you these things as I told you earlier, right? Starting in verse 10. And when the Lord your God brings you into a land that he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give you with great and good cities that you did not build, and houses full of good things that you did not fill, and cisterns that you did not dig, and vineyards and olive trees that you did not plant, and when you eat and are full, God always provides, then take care, watch this, Shay, lest you forget the Lord. How powerful is that? Like when we don't, like, I love what you just said about if we're not constantly, you and I are forgetful. Mm -hmm. I'm going to forget. Steph's going to forget. And and when we forget his faithfulness, it it puts us to a place where where I don't think we're healthy spiritually. So Shay, what is a tangible way or or where can a family start? I really think it's this simple. I, I don't think they have to do all of this, and, man, this is overwhelming. There's no way my kids are going to shut off the phone at dinner time. There's no way we're even going to be able to sit at the dinner table right now. We're all going 100 miles an hour. This this is going to be so overwhelming. I think start right here, and this is actually how we started before we started discussing the seven pillars because they were so young. Dinner's required. Anders and Aiden don't leave the dinner table until they say, may I be excused? What was your high and low of the day? Starting to get those kids to process emotions, and what are you thankful for?
1: Intentional, yeah. simple. That, that,
2: that, that if you just did those two things at every dinner meal, what was your high and low of the deal? If we have strangers over our house or guests, <laughs> Steph will tell you. The, the boys will know. Like <laughs> who you asking first, and they'll ask somebody. They know what happens every night at dinner, and it's highs and lows. And what are you thankful for?
1: Yeah. Um, very similar at the Robbins house. You know, we always do our highlight of the day at, at dinner time, and kind of our approach with the you know, Robbins family values. Um, during the, the school year. It's a little bit different during the camp season, but during the school year, daddy makes breakfast. And while I'm making breakfast, it's, it's probably five minutes to be honest, mm. but we'll do our, our value, family value of the day. And every single day we just work through them. And, um, it's just like clockwork. They know what's coming. They know what to expect. They can begin to um, complete my words before they come out of my mouth. And what's so fun about that is, like, we're getting on the same page. Mm-hmm. And as our kids get older and they grow up, I'm starting to hand it off. I'm like, okay, Lulu, I want you to lead, you know, our Robin's family value this morning. And she'll run up there and pick one up. And, you know, just like you guys, we've attached scripture as a basis for each one of them. And every, every time we go over those, we quote the scripture, and that becomes. Um just a part of our family life it becomes memorized, and um, there is momentum when you do things faithfully day after day. And I think w- what I would encourage families as well, Adam, just to kind of um, follow you up is it's it doesn't need to be rocket science it 's not super difficult. It's just faithful, mm. just making the decision like this is something we're going to do every day. And and as you do those little things every day, they begin to mount up, especially when you're dealing with God's word, mm. because we know that it, it doesn't return void without accomplishing that which he sent it to do. And so um, I think that's really cool. Steph, I want to ask you, you've got a reputation for being a prayer warrior in your home. Mm. Um. What encouragement would you give to mommies out there in regard to their prayer life?
0: Oh, I couldn't make it one day without hitting my knees. I think so much of to where that comes from is just that dependency, knowing like I don't have to do it on my own. And so I get to each morning, wake up and say, "Okay, Lord, you know, here here I am. Here's my family. I need you to help me be the mama that you want me to be, be the servant that you want me to be, and um, and just show them you and your love. And so again, kind of back to that, it's not ever perfect, but I feel like they get to see the, again that culture of like us doing that, like we're we're praying, we're reading scripture and they hear me saying, I can't, you know, I got I to go to God's word and I need him and or I need your forgiveness, just like if we're talking through discipline or, you know, like just different things that um, I feel like make it more of that relational aspect instead of a us just telling our kids, like, here's what it looks like. Here's what to do. I, I My prayer is they'll see it's like the breath that we breathe. Like, this mm-hmm. is just life for us. And I'm so thankful to know Jesus and have him and his help. And I want, I mean, if they, that's all I care that they remember about even me is just that I was faithful to be praying for them and praying for our family and loving Jesus and talking about him. And um, I'm prayerful that that is such a norm, you know, that that's just, that is so count, countercultural at this point. I don't think they realize because this is all they know. Right. But I'm just praying so much that, I mean, that's it, that they'd love the Lord with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength. Um, so that that's honestly the prayer part. It's I just can't make it without him and he gives me what I need to to be what I need to be for them, or that humility to ask for forgiveness when I'm not with you them. Bet.
1: Wow, that's one of Ashley Robbins's greatest strengths is confessing when she falls short to her, you know, to her kids. Mm-hmm. Um, love that you do that. You mentioned countercultural, um, Adam. There's a lot of pressure on families, mm-hmm. and and a lot of it is. Well, Johnny does this, and Stephen has that, and Chelsea's family does it this way. Mm-hmm. You know, by building your seven pillars, there's some help there in the decision-making process. What's the? How does that practically work in regard to protecting, perhaps, the, the culture of your home?
2: Yeah. So, w- when any business or family that has built culture, and and that's been invested into that child or invested into that employee, it, and they value that, that, then anything that goes against the grain of that is going to throw up a red flag. right? And, and so when, when you look at, at our seven pillars and, and you think about joyful being one of our seven pillars, we live in a feeling-oriented-based society where mm-hmm. everything's off of feelings and social media and mm-hmm. approval and all those things. And so when we get to your question of what happens when Johnny has this and I want this and mm-hmm. our happiness or our joy, I should say, because we've taught our boys there's a difference between joy and happiness. Our joy isn't predicated off of what somebody else has. Our joy is centered and anchored on Christ. And, and so... The way those values work out in our boys' lives is, once again, that common language of constantly bringing it back to Scripture, Mm -hmm. uh, which that verse says, 1 Thessalonians 5, 16-18, be joyful always and pray continually, giving thanks in all circumstances for this God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And that's what's really neat about a lot of our seven pillar verses is they kind of point back to what God's will says it is in his word. And, And so I'm not worried about what Johnny and Stevie have. I'm worried about what God's word has for you. And the more Stefan and I point our boys back to that, I know they're going to be ultimately fulfilled and left satisfied where nothing else in this world will.
1: Right. Now, both of you are, you know, have worked with teenagers and especially currently kind of focused on young adults. You know, there's a lot of families out there that are a little ways down the road who already have teenagers. And, and I think it's intimidating to establish a culture when you you've been living in a certain culture for let's say 15 or 16 Mm -hmm. years but you guys have a unique perspective because you intimately know teenagers and young people's hunger Mm -hmm. for culture for a healthy culture talk to parents about that
2: Well, let's go back to your sports culture analogy, right? Why why can one coach have the exact same players, the exact same team, have a losing season, and then they hire a new coach, and within the year he can win the Super Bowl or a championship in the NBA? And it goes back to values and culture. And so if, if someone can step in and change it, And influence it. So, so can uh, a family now. It's not too late. Even think about if your kids and now you're empty nesters and you're hearing this. You're like, man, we didn't do any of that with our kids growing up. You sure got grandkids coming, Lord willing. Mm -hmm. You sure have an opportunity to influence now. Like, like uh, as long as we're breathing, Shay and Steph. (laughs) Like we have opportunity to influence for the good.
1: No doubt. You know, I I can, and we're. I'm fortunate to say this, but I feel like my mom and dad. Are better than they've ever been, hmm. and our their grandkids, my children, are benefiting from it. Hmm. And I think that is such an important charge because, uh, you know, I trust that a lot of our listeners out there are in that seat, um, and that's that's powerful—the um, power to influence grandkids. And and really, we go back to your Deuteronomy passage. It talked to. Father's sons and grandsons—it's multi-generational. Um, how cool would it be someday for your boys to develop? You know, the day—and I'm sure they will—but the day where they establish their family pillars, the strength of your of a godly heritage fortified in the Donier family. Oh, what a day that will be!
0: Amen.
1: What would that mean to you, Stephanie?
0: Honestly, it just feels like that's all, that's that's why we're doing everything we're doing, you know, is just to know that they know what it looks like, that it really can be different than what they're seeing in the world and on TV and on, you know, that that there is something more to this. And so, yeah, to see if that's what they take up, that's like, all we care about is we want them to know Jesus. And then on top of it, to be, build their own culture and to walk that out in their families, sometimes you just get so caught up in today. So it's hard. I forget to even look to that. I'm just looking to like, you know, this today with them. So that's mm. good from my perspective even to go. That'd be so cool. Unbelievable. I,
2: yeah. want, I want to put you on the spot for a sec. because, oh, I, I, well, I hate that. You, you'll be okay. I'm not, I'm not setting you up to fail, I promise. But, but there's there's some mommies that are listening to this. That that don't have daddies that are spiritually as passionate as Shay Robbins, or that um, they're, they're going to provide for the home and and they're going to put food on the table and they're going to create comforts and opportunities. Mm-hmm. What would you say, Steph, to a mom that that feels like she's mm-hmm. kind of on a spiritual island, wanting to implement a lot of these things, mm-hmm. but perhaps she has uh, a partner that that isn't fully on board with the the spiritual inclination?
0: Well. First of all, I would say pray tons because Jesus is the one who's going to work in hearts. Um, And so don't give up on that front of knowing that that he can still move mightily. Um, But I do think that there is that culture that even a mom can still set in the language and in in the things that she's doing and saying and um, that can still be very effective and influence the family, but not. Take not make the dad feel like he's not doing things that they want them to do. It's
2: really good.
1: Yeah, the power of a gentle and quiet spirit that -hmm. could win over a husband. Exactly. Um, It's good, Adam. I'm going to set you up now, and and this will be. I want to give you the final word. Um, I want you to speak to the family that, you know. at CanaCup, we've been open since 1926. We're in our 95th summer, and one of the beauties of being in a multi generational ministry is we get to see families that have been doing it right, mm-hmm. and that their godly heritage is fortified generation after generation after generation, and there's fruit like you can see it. It's inspiring. But, but speak to the family that that comes from brokenness. Mm-hmm. And, and you can speak to this in an intimate way. Um, but talk to the family that that doesn't have much to build on. Hmm. Where do you go from there?
2: Yeah, thanks, Shay. Um, yeah, so parents got divorced when I was eight and broke w- w- raised in a broken home, bounced around from mom to dad to grandma and grandpa. And, and so when I, f- when I got married, I, I realized that, my deepest pains had created my greatest passions. And I get the opportunity by the grace of God alone to change a new legacy. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, by the spirit in me, I realized that no amount of money, that no amount of success, that none of that's going to matter to me because, because I knew when I reflect back as a boy, what meant most to me, and it wasn't going to be any amount of money my dad left me. Mm-hmm. It wasn't going to be any amount of materials that I was given. It, it was going to be the legacy that was left with me. Well, spiritually, it wasn't. But that's okay. I get to do that. I get, I get that opportunity now to change what wasn't there. And then you go back to generations. And what you just said with my boys, as you got so excited, you're pounding the table. Now, Aiden and Anders get to do that. And, and I, by God's grace, might get to play a small part in starting a generation after generation after generation of legacy. You know, there's the old adage that you and I have heard that you, you catch a man a fish and he eats for a day. You teach him to fish and he eats for a lifetime. And a lot of people stop that adage right there. But I've added to it, and it's you catch a man a fish, you eat for a day. You teach him to fish and he eats for a lifetime, but you teach him how to teach others to fish and it lasts for generations. And that's what I'm hoping to do with these seven pillars and the legacy we're living with mm. our own family.
1: Yeah, amazing to think. And and I really believe that you guys are doing it.
2: Mm-hmm. You, you're doing it. Thanks.
1: And it starts with uh, dinner tonight. You know, how do you climb Mount Everest in In your most elemental form is you put one foot in front of the other. Mm-hmm. And, and may we as families be encouraged to put our head down, you know, come up with a plan, mm-hmm. but then put your head down and just put one foot in front of the other. And the next thing you know, you look back and you're, you're a third of the way up. Yeah. Well, you put your head back down and you start taking steps one after another. And, you know, someday when we're, we're old and gray, you get to look back and from the top of the summit and see what God has done. And, yeah. oh, what a day that will be. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping um, that our little section in heaven, in the the stadium that surrounds the beam seat of Christ, that it's a big section. Amen. That's why we had six kids. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, let me let me let me say this before we hop off, Shay. If you're listening to this uh, and you're encouraged by any of this. Um, feel free to email me. And I have the template, like literally the seven pillar template where you can plug in your own family's words and verses. And and it's literally so easy. So if you think you know what, this is something I might want to do. It's D as in David, O-N-Y-E-S at linkyear.com. That's donye at linkyear.com. I would love to send you the template and encourage you in any way I can. And I know Stephanie would as well.
1: Well, Adam and Stephanie, thank you so much for spending some time together with us. Um, right now, our boys are out there enjoying each other, running around camp. Um, and I just I just want to cheer you guys on. Y'all are doing a great job. Love being friends with you. Love uh, sharing ministry with you. And, and for those of you who are listening, thank you for sharing your time with us today. We hope that today's conversation serves to fuel your I Am Third approach to raising up the next generation of godly leaders. And with that, we'd love to pray for you. Father God, we come to you today and we pray blessings over families. We pray, God, that you would strengthen them, that you would encourage them, that you would fortify them, that you would redeem that which is broken. We pray, God, that you would establish godly heritages that would would be blessed for generations to come, Lord. Um, And we just pray for the families out there that are struggling. We ask, God, that you would send in relief in whatever manner you deem right, that you would send them help, God, and that you would deliver them. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.
2: Amen. Amen.
0: We hope today's conversation left you encouraged, strengthened, and empowered. If you haven't had a chance, please subscribe to our podcast today to stay up to date with the latest episodes. If this podcast has helped you in any way, please consider rating us, writing a review, or sharing it with others so we can continue to build you up with an I'm Third approach to marriage, family, leadership, and spiritual growth. For more information about the podcast, visit CannaCookPodcast.com. And for more information about CannaCook, you can visit CannaCook.com.